Hey there, you found Miss Charm School podcast. We are now being played just about everywhere you get your favorite podcast episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and SoundCloud. Be sure to join me for the conversation I'm having offline on my personal social media platforms at Sunday Travels, just about everywhere. There I pose questions to the audience, get your feedback, and you never know, your answers might end up right here on Miss Charm School Podcast. I want to go ahead and thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. I've been seeing the numbers grow in listenership, men and women, literally across borders, across seas, all around the globe. So I am so grateful and thankful for you being here and showing up. And so I just wanted to send a special message and shout out to you, the listener, for continuously showing up, spreading the word and sharing this episode with your loved ones, your girlfriends, your sister friends, your guy friends, and sparking the conversation that's so needed in today's market. And we're already talking about all these things anyway, but it's just a place for us to gather. And I'm so grateful for you helping me spread the word. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hey Charmers, hey Charmers, welcome into this week's episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me. You know the drill for those of you who are coming back. Come on in, come on in and kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in, come on in. I hope you have your libations, something to refresh you. It's still summertime as this is being recorded and so it is muy caliente. And go ahead and get you something to cool you down and relax you. I think that was like multiple languages there. I think caliente is Spanish, muito is Portuguese. So I just blended all the cultures. <laughs> I think in Portuguese it would be muito quente. And then in Spanish it would be muy caliente. Right? Okay, cool. So come on in is the point, y'all. Get you something that refreshes you, relaxes you, and gets you ready and grounded for this week's episode. For those of you who know what's up, go ahead and take your deep breaths. Center yourself. Gather yourself from wherever you last left yourself. Ask yourself that question. Where did I last leave me? Wherever your brain goes, just go ahead and say thank you so much. And I gather myself back up from wherever I last left myself. There you go. So that you can be fully present, fully present, fully present, fully present in the beautiful gift of the present moment. Isn't it beautiful how the word present and gift can be used interchangeably and also be used completely in two different spaces, meaning two different things. (laughs) But a present is actually also a gift and a gift can also be called a present. And I think sometimes it's a healthy reminder that the present moment is a gift. There are two words that are used interchangeably. This moment right now is a gift. So be present, gift that to yourself by being all here. Don't let your brain be somewhere else, your mind be somewhere else, your body be somewhere else, your fingers be eating something or cooking something or trying to multitask. Sometimes we miss the moment because we're so busy doing so many other things. Our brain is so many other places. Our spirit is so many other places. Instead of just the gift of the moment, which is the present. So be right here with me in this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a gift to yourself. Thank you. And for those of you who are new or those of you who need a refresher, Miss Charm School podcast is for modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their sensuality, and their spirituality. Another way I like to describe this podcast is Miss Charm School podcast is a place for women who are in transition out of their womanhood into their queendom. What does that mean? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Your womanhood is really your me season where your decisions really only affect thyself, only affect yourself. When you get elevated to a position of queendom, which I do believe is God appointed because I believe all promotion comes from the Lord. 
when you're in your queendom, you could, uh, it could manifest as being a spouse, a caretaker for a loved one, a mother, a management positions in your job, any type of role or divine assignment where your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but your decisions impact the nations. Nations, by definition, just means groups of people. And so that's how I like to describe your queendom. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about women who are exercising, getting up every day, going to the gym of queendom, putting on the clothes, putting on the vernacular, combing your hair, styling yourself, walking into the um, royal court with all of your regalia on and sitting down and coming up with decisions and just all of the things. Queens who are every day waking up, living the queendom life. And that takes work. That takes practice. I mean, you could be a lazy queen, (laughs) but in order to be an excellent queen, the type of queen whose children rise up and call her blessed, the type of queen that people hail and applaud and congratulate, not that you do it for the gaze of men, but it takes wisdom. It takes, um, it takes God, it takes God's wisdom. It takes God's love to rule with excellency. And so here on Miss Charm School podcast, we are modern boss babes. Many of you who are listening, even though there are men that listen as well, shout out to you. Hey, 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 because I know you guys love to eavesdrop here. Why this podcast? I don't know. Um, I'm just going to check it up to the fact that there is divine truth that comes through from heaven on high through me to you. And maybe that's why you show up every week. But for the queens that are here, okay, we want to do this thing right. We want to carry out our assignment with excellency. And we're all modern boss babes. We have the degrees, the education, the positions, the titles, all of the things. But we want to be queens that re-engage our feminine energy, with that rule by decree in our feminine energy. We want to be queens that are guided by the Holy Spirit. So we are engaged in our spirituality and our practice with Christ, with God, And we want to be queens who are engaged in our sensuality because I believe your sensuality is powerful. It's a powerful component of your feminine energy. And it's through your sensuality and your sexuality that you literally create, you hold life, you create life, you birth life, and you birth new things into the realm. You can birth children. You can help birth your husband, your partner's dreams. You could help birth a sister friend's dreams. There's so many ways that your sensual energy is so powerful and we haven't even begun to kind of crack into that conversation because there's just so many things to talk about every week (laughs) when we come here to meet so that's a little bit more in depth of the energy behind Miss Charm School podcast who Miss Charm School podcast is for and so if you are here for the first time I specifically want to thank you for showing up thank you for allowing yourself to be called to this space think not it's strange that you are here for you are here by divine appointment it was meant for you to collide with this episode and with the content that's coming forth through me because I 100% pray before the episode that God would use me as a channel use my mouth use my mind use my hands use my ears use all of me Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus, to speak your message to your beautiful queens all around the globe. Yes, it's a tribe here. It's a tribe. It's a tribe. So shout out to you for showing up. Think not it's strange. You're supposed to be here. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So now the formalities are out of the way. Let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Um, I really want to get kind of candid with y'all. I get candid every week, and I feel like I say that almost every week, but this is also another layer. I really sat and asked myself the question, why does anyone get married? Why does anyone get married? And for those of you who are married listening to this, I want your feedback and I want you to connect with me at Sunday Travels on social media and let me know, why did you get married? Why are you staying married? And for those of you who are single that are listening, you may also message me at Sunday Travels on social media and you may also answer the question, why does anyone get married? I really want to (laughs) know. So if you have your pen and paper, your phone, where you could take notes, go ahead and ask yourself that question. Like maybe tonight before you lay down to bed, just 
write down the prompt. Why does anyone get married? Or just take the time to do it now as you are present and you are gifting yourself the gift of presence with me. Write it down. Why does anyone get married? Take a few moments to write out some of your answers. You feel feel free to write out your answers as I um, share and discuss. Or you can pause me here and then resume. But I asked myself that question because I am dating, as you all know, and it's uh, it's not even the dating. I'm also taking a class uh, that is preparation for partnership. And next week's episode, I'm very happy to announce if all goes according to plan. I am going to have my wonderful mentor who is a best selling author three times over has had Ivana Van Zant and Kim Fields and several other celebrities do the forwards of her book and she's been featured in O magazine and on countless talk shows across the United States and it's going to be an incredible honor to have her on this podcast it is a space where it's going to be a very high vibe space and I'm so honored. I honestly didn't feel honestly worthy, if you will. I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast sometime in the future. I just didn't know the future was going to be now <laughs> because there's times when I feel that I'm unworthy to sit in that space with her. So definitely stay tuned to next week's episode because there's going to be gems from my master teacher that's going to be here. And so I've been taking this uh, class with her called Preparation for Partnership. And we talk a lot about the divine assignments of a wife. And, you know, we talk a lot of different strategies and tools and tactics. We reference the Bible all the time and we go over different things. And it's just been wonderful to be with this sacred group of women as we dive deeper into preparation for partnership. And so we're a couple weeks into the program, a couple months into the program, and it's not even my dating life. It's after we've had a couple calls and, you know, we're rereading the text and material and we have homework assignments and all these things. And I sat and thought to myself, like, why does anybody do this? Like, this ish is work. <laughs> Marriage is work. Like, you know, People don't get married for, I don't know, why do people get married? That's that's the question. Because the romance, I'm not even going to go down the road. I just legit was seriously asking myself the question, why does anybody get married? If people look at marriage as, you know, well, there's going to be good days, but there's going to be really bad days or rough days and, you know, marriage sucks or marriage is just so much work and I just I th I do believe that in current culture there's not such a positive light on marriage and there's not a ton of ideology of joy around marriage and then for those of you who are married that's why I ask your feedback please do message me and those of you who are single who are still aspiring to marriage and I'm someone that is on that path and constantly preparing and um becoming the best version of queen possible so that I can be a woman whose kids rise up and call her blessed, whose husband feels honored and blessed that I'm in his life. And I do feel I'm a very well-rounded woman in that regard because I have put a lot of work into myself. But I still find myself asking the question to myself, why does anybody do this? It's tough to cohabitate with another human being. It can be. It can be challenging to get on the same page when you're two different people from two different worlds and two different backgrounds and two different heritages and two different upbringings. And while there can be so many things that are similar, there are things that are also just dissimilar. Men think differently at times than women do. I believe men's communication style is often different than women's communication style. There's so many different things. And I just sat with God really on my prayer mat and I was like God why does anybody do this like I've always wanted to get married and now I, I'm asking myself this question like why 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 <laughs> and of course I know biblical reasons why and I, I know some people want to get married because they want to have children within their covenant marriage and I honor that and I respect that and that's something that I believe in as well 
But I just started to really think about the practicality of it, like really living with that alone, living with someone like, mm, I'm, I'm actually great living by myself <laughs> or the companionship. Do people do it for the companionship? Well, you have friends, you know, you can be in every social club you want to be in, you know, if you just want to be busy doing something. Is it the intimacy? Like, what is it? I'm really asking the question. And so I sat with my journal and I started writing these different things out. And, you know, I ultimately landed on that I do desire marriage. And I know many of you who are listening, who are married, I would, again, would love to know your feedback. And those who are aspiring to get married would love to know your feedback as I'm someone who aspires it. But I, I also wrote that maybe I'm sober to what marriage actually is like. And then I started thinking about, because I just, I see so, there are tests and trials. I mean, you as an individual person have tests and trials, just you alone. Then if you think about your parents, they have their tests and trials. And often you have a front row seat to a lot of that or your siblings or whatever, or even your friends, right? Like it's, it's not always a perfect day. You can have a almost perfect attitude or a perfect attitude even if it is a crappy day but it's you know it rains it's rainy some days it's if you live somewhere it's snowing some days you know what I mean like there's seasons in the earth just like there's seasons in your life right and we all understand that and so I just I felt at the time I was really looking at it soberly like "Mm, this marriage thing like why would anybody really want to do this like men are annoying (laughs) I love y'all but you're annoying And there are certain things that when girls like get with their girlfriends and we or married wives, whatever, I've been in rooms with all kind of women. And when I sit and they have conversations and I'm listening, we all get each other. We're like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Why is he doing that? Mm -mm, No, girl. If he wanted to, he would. Like we have all these sayings and, and then we're in a culture that's specifically in the United States of America is very materialistic and very capitalistic and very individualistic. So it's about I and about me and how are you servicing me and how are you making me better? And then you're trying to do relationship or marriage with someone and they get all caught up in our acculturation in this culture and they're looking at you like, well, what are you doing to keep my attention? And I mean, just all of the crate, you know, ooh, I could keep going. <laughs> And those of you who are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And those of you who are single, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's there's people that have expectations. They want their wife to be looking good all the time, cook clean and sex me down, okay? And do that as my girlfriend so that I know that you have those qualities as my wife. It's like, whoa, buddy, you haven't even put a ring on my finger. Like, there, it just, there's, oh, okay, we can get into the smoke. I call it the smoke signals or the branches of the tree. But when you get into the smoke or you get into the branches, you get distracted from the root. And so I could go down the rabbit trail of all the different things like, oh, well, you went ghost for six hours of the day. It doesn't take, you know, all the things we complain about, men and women, right? Okay, that's all the smoke and that's all the branches. But the root of it is, what is the root? And that's the question I'm always asking myself. What is the effing root? (laughs) And the root this week was, why does anybody do this? Even if you think about your relationship with your mother or your father, if you're um, honored and blessed to have that relationship and if that relationship is even healthy, okay, but whatever your relationship is with your parents, whether you don't have one, do have one, like that's a story within itself. Some people didn't have their parents at all. They had to figure it out. They had to find adopted family along the way or God was faithful to bring examples of what a wife and what a mother could look like into their life. There's some of you who have parents in your life, but your parents, one parent might be strung out. Both parents might be strung out. So the relationship could be tumultuous, tumult, y'all know the word I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> or you, I have friends who parents are strung out and they did the complete opposite and they're living a life that their parent probably couldn't even fathom for their child. Some that are single that are doing that, some that are married that are doing that, that have kids that are showing up for their kids every day and are being sober and giving them the father that they never had or the mother that they never had. 
And then there's people who are like me. I felt like I grew up in a wonderful childhood. I had a wonderful childhood with my parents that really loved me. And I felt like my parents loved each other. And I saw them being affectionate in front of one another. My dad picked me up after school. Like I felt like I had a good home and then my parents divorced. And then there's some of you who never, you know, like y'all parents are still good and still together. And, and then there's some of you whose parents been together, but they don't like each other, but they stay with each other. So it's like, there's all these different examples before us. And we, as the children of all these different scenarios that could manifest whatever your relationship with your parents, it happens to be, that is something that you've had a front row seat to experience and just managing that relationship just trying to unlearn the bad habits that you picked up there just trying to heal the trauma from daddy or mama like all of or the stuff that you don't even know that's in your blind spot that you don't even know that you keep playing out in your relationships over and over and over again that's already life work like that's already a journey So then to partner with another human being and say, you know what, for better or worse, I'm going to hold your hand through all of this. Why? (laughs) It's enough trying to get my own SHIT together, let alone yours. I'm just, can I just be a little bit human right now? This is what I've been asking myself. Like, why do it? Why? To honor God and to, you know, have sex within a covenant marriage. Okay, Plenty of people do that and they don't make it. The divorce rate is hella high. And nobody wants to go through that. The ending of any kind of um, serious committed relationship like that is a death. Those of you who've had relationships with people who you dated for multiple years in a row and then the relationship just ended, like you can, it's, it's a living thing that then just dies. Everybody feels that. Nobody wants to feel that. Half of... Most human beings on the planet try to avoid pain. Shout out to you if you're a person that runs towards it. I'm trying to be learn to be a little bit more like you, okay? Help me, Jesus. And not in a negative way, but just embrace the fact that, you know, sometimes that comes with the territory of life. It doesn't mean you stop living, right? But most of us will try to pattern our life to a point or cushion our life to a point that we just avoid pain. Some of us don't even allow ourselves to go past five months with a person or two months with a person because, okay, the, you know, I, there's a guy who might be listening who's like, oh, the honeymoon stage is over. And it's just like, oh, that sucks. Like, I hate that. <laughs> Why? Why does it have to end? Why? Why does it have to end? Why is there an expectation that it's temporary and it's not going to last? That doesn't work for me. Can I be real with y'all? Miss Charm School Podcast, the host of this, the woman who studies and reads and prepares and reads so many relationship books and got started on this path because of my parents' divorce and just wanting to learn all that I can learn to try to be a better version of myself to myself and also to my husband, my future husband and my future kids, of course. I'm asking myself the same question. Like, why would anybody want to do this shit? Why? And so I sat with God and I asked God that question. And I'm still being uploaded answers to that question. But the first answer that came to me, I want to share with you now. I hope you guys don't feel too down because I'm usually very up and encouraging and inspirational but I, I think you I think you ladies and gentlemen understand exactly what I mean. I think most of us can resonate with asking ourselves that question, like, I wanna do this maybe because of my faith or because of religion or because of what I believe, or I wanna do this because culture says that I should do it, or I wanna do this because I don't wanna do it alone, or I wanna do this because some people look at marriage as transactional. Some people have a, have an ideology that marriage is a death of a version of happiness. People don't have, some people don't have a positive outlook on it. Some people do, some people don't. I know plenty of men who want to get married. Why? I don't know. Because they look at marriage as something as a cramping of their style, a cramping of their freedom, rules and restrictions somebody trying to control your life like 
And so they delay it, delay it, delay it. And then they wake up one day and they're like, oh, snaps, I'm an old man or I'm I'm not really in my youthful prime anymore. And I want kids and a wife and blah, blah, blah. And you didn't pass up hella opportunities with good women. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> and then there are modern boss babes who have said, you know what? I'm not waiting on any man to do a goddamn thing. Okay. And shout out to you. But at the same time, you know, are also getting older and more established and more money and this, that, whatever. And and then culture constantly on social media is telling you to act like this and do this and he needs to do this and he needs to do that. And there's just so much unlearning because the truth is it's not working. And not that there's anything wrong with your career or the money that you're making or anything like that, but there's certain ways of being that just simply aren't fruitful for marriage. It's not fruitful for duo relationship with another human being long-term. There's a lot of unlearning and re-softening that women, some women have to grow through because we had to be independent. Some of us were raised to be independent. I had a dad in the house and I was still raised to like, no, you need to go get it by both of my parents, not just my mother. So some of us were raised a certain type of way as well. You're capable, you can, you should go do it be all that you can be and that's great don't let these people hoodwink you know i want to say people but i mean n-i-g-g-a's hoodwink you and swindle you and don't come home with no baby prematurely and all the things that we were told and we went and did that and then one day it was like okay well now why are you not married (laughs) and it was like wait what i've been working i know some of you listening are like "Mm mm-hmm yeah And some of you, that's not your story, but some of you, that is your story. So, you know, yeah. And I just sat and asked this question, like, God, why does anybody do this shit? And even this morning, um, the Holy Spirit was giving me a download about, um, for this reason, I read it in three different places in the Bible. I didn't even know it was repeated three different times in Ephesians, in Matthew, and in Genesis. For this reason, a man should leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and they should become one flesh. And I'm still having God illuminate that to me. Like, God, what does that, how is that an answer to my question about why does anybody do this? And so I kept reading different things and the Holy Spirit took me to Ephesians and I believe it's Ephesians chapter five, I want to say. Yes, I'm pretty positive it's Ephesians chapter 5. So just read the whole chapter because it's very good, the whole chapter. And even in that, it says that, you know, for this reason, a a man should leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and they should become one flesh. This is the mystery of Christ and the church. And I'm like, okay, I've heard this before, but how does that answer my question? I understand that. Jesus Christ, God so loved the world. Everybody, well, most people know John 3.16. There was a time when most people knew John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And when you read in Ephesians chapter 5, it says that this is the mystery of, excuse me, that marriage Earthly marriage is a reflection of the mystery of Christ and the church. Well, Christ came because God loved us. Christ walked the earth and said that I came to restore the hearts of the children to the father because the father loved us. And so there's a reason why God has taken me to the scripture. For this reason, a man should leave his mother, his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Well, Christ left his father, father God, Okay, he left his mother, his mother Mary, to do an act of service that rekindled the church, the church is considered the bride, to God so that we could become one again because we had been separated. And even in me saying that, the answer is there. It just hasn't come to my brain just yet. What the hell it means? (laughs) But I know the answer is in those very words. 
So Holy Spirit, if you would love to reveal that to me right now, I'm open to hearing it. Or if there's a listener that can draw the connection, message me. But I know the answer is right in that scripture. That Christ came to reconcile us to be one flesh again, to be one with God. And the other piece of that is God loved us. Christ loved us. And so when I sat with God and I asked the question, that's what God gave me today. But when I sat with God and I asked God the question the first time, the answer that I got was vision. That Sunday you need a vision. If I lose the picture, then I lose the miracle. Specifically when it comes to marriage. I do believe that marriage is what you make it. I don't think that I even have to look at marriage as something negative or a task or, oh my God, I got to work with this difficult person's personality and like, why don't they just get what the hell I'm saying? And like, why are we doing this dance? And why has our honeymoon phase ended? You know, I'm willing to put in the work to make it stay alive. Why does it feel like you're not willing to put in the work? Why aren't we seeing eye to eye? Why is it frustrating right now? Why do I want to give up? Why do I want to walk away? Why should I try to stay? Why should I try to make this work? We ask ourselves that question in dating all the time. And I'm sure there are people that ask themselves that in their marriage as well. But for someone who's never even been married, I'm asking myself, why would I even walk down the aisle knowing that this is about to be a gym exercise where there's going to be days where I'm going to be exercising muscles that hurt and then I'm going to be sore the next day because oh my god you're being thick-headed and stubborn and like it's annoying and right now can I be real where I sit marriage looks like work it's hard for me to have the vision of joy because what I see right now is the work what I see right now is men being petty and having attitudes and being tit for tat and not standing up and being leaders and and having vision themselves and being the type of men that are like you know what I want to work I want to work it out I want to make it work like what does it take to make it work like I'm willing to learn like I don't see that (laughs) I don't see that And I see oftentimes, I understand that there women have feminine leadership, but you know, whatever, I'm just really leveling with you guys today, with you ladies and gentlemen today. And so God told me, you need a vision. And I'm going to share that with you. Maybe today I'm not supposed to have the answer. Maybe today we're just supposed to have a conversation about creating a vision again. And those of you who are married, I want you to revisit your vision for why you got married and if that vision has changed feel free to create a new vision now if you're the type of person where I am and you you got to be because that's why I'm feeling like this because there's many of you that are listening that are right here and you're dating or in your marriage and you're supposed to be dating in marriage too but the point is you know for those that are single and those who are already in covenant committed relationships You're sitting there like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, I genuinely feel like I could do bad by myself (laughs) or at least have peace by myself. I could make money by myself. I could buy myself the house, the car, the this, the that. And some of you listening have the house, the car, the this, the that by yourself. Shout out to you, boss babe, for real. So if you're not coming into my life to make my life better or happy, why are you here? I want to challenge you with that vision. I don't think it's 100% wrong, but I do think it's heavily influenced by our capitalistic and materialistic and individualistic society. We don't say that to our family members. If you're not making my life better, why are you here? They're just our family. That's it. Christ didn't come die for us because, oh, you need to be making my life better. If not, then y'all can just go to hell. That wasn't it. It said that God sent his son into the world because he loved the world. He loved us, his creation. And then it says the earthly marriage is a reflection of the kingdom marriage of Christ reconciling us 
back to the Father, becoming one flesh with Christ through his sacrifice, through his resurrection. And while I'm still having God help me understand that and while God is still illuminating what that means, what I do know is that God asked me to get a new vision. I need a fresh vision. For without a vision, the people perish. Marriages aren't surviving. People don't have a vision. They don't have something of faith to cling to. And what they may have is so heavily influenced by just what doesn't work. Our culture doesn't work. Kingdom culture. Marriage is a kingdom thing. It's not a culture thing. It's not an earthly thing. It's not a man's thing. If you read the Bible, it says so many times, God uses the simple things to confine the wise. I hope I'm saying it right. <laughs> that basically man's wisdom is trash. And there are spaces where it says man's wisdom is foolish. But we continuously rely on reason and logic to do love and to do marriage, to love our family, to love our kids, to even love a friend, to even love ourselves. We use human logic on ourselves. Ooh, I'm guilty. I had to sit with God one day and he was like, why are you so hard on yourself? The two greatest commandments to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So if you have a very limited per perspective on how to love yourself, how can you love anyone else? That's why people say you have to fill up your own cup first, but not in a selfish way. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit selfish, but it's, it's because in order for me to love you, I have to have an understanding of how to love me. And sometimes we're so focused on what another person is doing and how they're treating me and how they're showing up when the reality is maybe you're extra critical and extra judgmental on that person because you haven't really sat to peel back the layers to love yourself greater. So it's easy for you to be like, well, he's not doing this and she's not doing this and she's not doing that and she's not doing this and that's why I'm not doing this and that's why I'm not calling back and that's why I'm not, oh, you're so hard on them because you're hard on you, boo. That's the mirror. That's the truth. You're hard on them because you're hard on you. And if you sat with God, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. If you sat with God, he would give you the revelation that he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you before you were ever even breathing, before your parents even hooked up, before your grandparents hooked up, before your great-grandparents hooked up, before your great-great-grandparents hooked up, before you were ever a thought in the cosmos. He was thinking of you. That's a love that's that, whoa, blows your mind. And marriage is kingdom. It's not of the United States. It's not of Great Britain. It's not of Scotland. It's not of Jamaica or Brazil or South Africa or Malaysia or any parts of Asia, Japan, or China, or Thailand, or Australia. Marriage is not of this planet. Marriage is a spiritual thing. Love is a spiritual thing. Faith is a spiritual thing. And this is why charmers have to be women that re-engage their femininity, their feminine energy, their spirituality, and their sensuality, because that's the only way to be. We're in this world, we're passing through it. It is an experience. It is something for us to meet and to meet our assignments well. To be excellent queens, hallelujah. And so we can't, we have to do a lot of unlearning. This is not just for my ladies, for my fellas. There's a lot of cultural unlearning you must do. Because the way you're going about it, if you're honest with yourselves, big bruh, it ain't working for you. You're just as single. You're just as lonely. And a woman, it was brought into a man's life as a helpmate. She's a multiplier by nature. 
If you think you're successful now, imagine if you got linked with the right rib. She's bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. You two become one. That's two hearts. That's two minds. That's two perspectives. She's perfecting you the same way you're perfecting her. The earthly marriage is a reflection of the kingdom one. Christ makes me better. Christ loved me when I didn't even know how to love myself. I sit with Christ in my daily practice. And this is why queens, you have to have this daily practice with God. I sit with God in my daily practice and Christ begins to reveal to me how much he loves me, which increases my capacity to love myself. And therefore I can love my husband greater. Therefore I can love my kids greater. Therefore I can love my friends greater. Because I sat with the great one. I sat with the creator that created me. I went to the manufacturer about this blueprint. (laughs) And that's why I sit with God. I'm not getting up here sharing anything that I'm not really doing or really living. This is real. We live in a real world. I feel all the things that the men and the women that are listening. I feel what y'all feel. I live in the world that y'all live in. I have the similar experiences that you do. I have to stay with God. Yes, because he's my savior, but also because I need a blueprint on how to navigate this thing. Because guess what? Yeah, people get on my nerves (laughs) at times. People do things that are crazy. It's like, why the hell did you do that? People have knee-jerk reactions because of fear. People push away because of fear. People get attitudes. People get funky attitudes. Oh, my God. And I happen to attract the people that get the funky ones. And maybe that's because I get funky ones, okay? But, ooh, we're human. And while I can be understanding and while I can be forgiving, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make me feel some type of way because I'm human too. That's why I have to sit with God. And I spend a lot of time with God in in, in quiet time with Christ and with God, a lot. Because I need it to just navigate everyday life. And so I really want you guys to sit with that question because I'm sitting with the question, why does anyone get married? Why? Maybe simply because of love, which love is a supernatural thing. Because two are better than one. Amen. Here we go. Answers, because that's biblical. There's a scripture that says two are better than one. For if they lie down together, they can keep cold. But how does one keep cold alone? And it also says a three, I don't know, strong cord is hard to break. And many times people use that in a marriage ceremony to describe the husband and wife and the third being Christ. That's an unbreakable bond when the right things are the right things. And some of you listening, those may have been words that were shared at your wedding. And maybe God is reminding you of that vow and that commitment that he's always there for you. I don't know why I'm feeling moved to tears, but Christ is always there and always available You're not alone. You're never, ever alone, ever. And maybe that alone is the reason why a man leaves his mother and father and clings to his wife, that they become one flesh because the two of them are never alone. It's simply better. (laughs) It says that God created all the animals and found none of them suitable for Adam. So he created a helpmate for Adam. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm not getting into a superior conversation. It means that we help each other. It means that it wasn't good for you to be alone. 
period. And maybe that's why people get married. And we're just out here, people who are still single, acting like we'll just do it alone, we'll just do it alone, we'll just do it alone. And thankfully we're not alone because of Christ. But the earthly marriage is supposed to reflect the heavenly one. And we gotta get in our kingdom knowledge and our kingdom understanding if we actually wanna have a marriage on earth that works because marriage is kingdom, it's not earthly. And we gotta learn how to better love ourselves so that we have a greater capacity to love others. And in order to do that, you gotta take you, the produced creation, back to the creator that created you, that knows how you're made and fashioned. And you gotta sit with the creator so you can learn him, so that you can learn yourself. Love yourself. And I may title this episode, Reseeing Again, or something like that. Because that's what the Holy Spirit gave me. When I started asking the question like, why the hell does anybody get married? It was attached to some of the people in my life and the frustrations I have with them. And the Holy Spirit gently reminded me like, you have to see them again. You have to try. I'll give you an example. Oh my gosh, I really do tell you guys my life in this podcast. Like any man that's talking to me right now, oh, if they listen to this, they just learn so much about me. It's, it's just, it's not the way I get down, okay? <laughs> but I talked to a guy in the past. I don't talk to this person anymore. And I happened to be reading a book called Love and Respect. And while I was talking to him and we were going through, um, well, there was never really a we. It was just, it was a situation ship, I guess, because I also lived away, long, long distance away from the person. So it's not like we really saw each other. So can you really call it a situation ship? But we talked, you know what I mean? So whatever you want to call that, a guy I talked to, I guess. And we had gone like several days without communicating and I was frustrated. And when I was reading this book, they get, it's for wives and husbands, but they gave a challenge to the wives to um, go so many days of showing like unconditional respect. And I made an episode uh, when I was fresh reading the book, I made an episode, a podcast episode called Unconditional Respect. And I highly encourage you to listen to it because it's just powerful. And the challenge was to show unconditional respect to your significant other for a set number of days. And they also gave the challenge to men because the book is called Love and Respect. And it breaks down how, in this author's perspective, men really need respect and women really need love. And not that men don't need love, but a lot of men see love as respect. And so they were like, the way that women want unconditional love from their partner, let's say in your man's language, he views unconditional love, not as, you know, the kisses and the back rubs and the flowers. I'm not saying that he won't enjoy those things because you know your man, I don't. But um, the author was challenging wives to show him X amount of days of unconditional respect. And that could be writing a little note and putting it in his wallet every day or putting it in his lunch pail or, you know, um, sending a voice note of saying something um, affirming to him. Because the way my mentor would say it, she would say that men are nourished by the female spirit. And when you know how to speak life into a man, it nourishes a deep part of his soul that he needs to actually, specifically wives listening, specifically wives listening, specifically wives listening, that your husband is refueled with your speaking of life into his soul. So for example, if you have a husband that, specifically husband, so this is covenant marriage, but if you have a husband that is a basketball coach, and you, or I had a friend who was dating a guy whose boyfriend or her guy was a like assistant football coach. And she had been to some of the games and this, that, and the third. And so I had said to her like, well, do you ever highlight his characteristics that you really like about him? 
And she went through like, well, I like that he treats me right. And I like that he makes time for me. And I like, and I was like, okay, that's all fine and dandy. But what about him specifically? Well, I just told you, I like that he does this for me and that he does that for me and he makes plans and this. And like, but all of those things that you're saying have to do with you. They have nothing to actually do with the character of the man that you're dating. And she just looked at me and she starts laughing. She was like, oh my God, they did all have to do with me. And I was like, yeah, so what about him specifically? His character. Is he really good with the kids? Yeah, he's great with them. Okay, how? Well, he pays attention to them. He listens to them. You know, this, that, and the third. I said, those are more so the qualities and the characteristics that you want to highlight. When you see them, you want to speak that life back into him. And I resonate with this so strongly because probably one of my top love languages is words of affirmation. So I can sometimes crave that from my parents specifically, not necessarily from other people, but from my parents. Um, I just had a conversation actually with my mother about this. Like, you know, do you ever see anything like that in me? Like you sharing that with me makes me feel nurtured. And when you don't share it or she's like, well, don't you know that about yourself already Sunday? Like, of course you're like this and like that. And I'm like in tears when she's telling me, I'm like, I don't know. Like there's times I doubt myself. There's times where I'm not sure. Like I'm strong, I'm wise, I'm whatever. But there's times I'm not sure about myself. And I trust my parents because I love, absolutely love my parents. I don't trust even my friends that are close to me or even a guy I'm dating. Like I may have a form of trust for you, but I haven't maybe let you in the way my parents, that's a one and only spot for me. You'll never be my mom or my dad. And so to hear them say that and speak life into me is a very powerful thing. And so for those of you who are married, your husband may, and I always tell my girlfriend, sometimes I feel kind of like a dude, but like your husband may really need to hear that from you. You know, baby, when you get up and go to work every day and make sure that we're taken care of here at the home, I really appreciate that. I understand it's not easy out there. I understand that, you know, you face BS on your job just like I do if you're a woman who works. And I may come home and vent about it and you don't. You just take it in stride. But you get up every day and you keep going back out there and you keep making it happen. And for that, baby, I love you. I'm proud of you. You are the king. You're well, God should be the king of your heart. But you can tell him you're the king of my heart. You're the champion of my life. I celebrate you. You know what I mean? Like he needs to hear that. So. ooh, I went on a whole tangent there. Bring me back, Holy Spirit. Where was I going with this? Oh, that's what I was saying. Respect. Thank you, God. So I did this 30 day challenge. 30 days was a lot. I honestly made it to 28 days and then I took a break and then I finished the last two days just to be honest. But 30 days I decided this guy I was talking to that I was going to show him 30 days of respect. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Reseeing again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, um, For 30 days, I literally pulled out a pen and paper and please listen to the episode Unconditional Respect if this is of interest to you and it should be because it's very powerful, specifically wives, it would be very powerful for you to listen to. And I wrote down for 30 days different things that I can share with him about aspects of his character that I really valued. As I was walking through my, just the example I walked you through about my friend and the guy she used to talk to. And so for 30 days, I sent him one text every morning. Now, he is a, I really want to say he's a very wounded man. (laughs) There's a lot of emotional baggage that he carries that he has not processed. And while I can understand that, I was on the receiving end of a lot of the like painful trauma. So every day I sent the message, I don't even think he responded. And that's why by day 28, it was like, oh, F this N-I-G-G-A. Like, I'm so over it. 28 days. Can you imagine? 28 days of radio silence. Woo. And so sometimes I would send the text at 3 a.m. Because I was like, F him. Like, you know, whatever. But the point of the challenge is to pick a time frame to show unconditional respect and unconditional as unto the Lord. And if you're a man, you would pick a set number of days and you would show the woman in your life unconditional love for a set number of days. 
And the book literally says, even if the person is unresponsive, and this is why I try to tell you it's for covenant marriage, okay? I don't know if I suggest this for a dating situation like I did, but specifically for covenant marriage. But it was still a good exercise for me. Um, And maybe I needed to do it for myself. But um, when I did it, the book challenges you that regardless of the person's response or their lack of response, you keep doing it. Because the way that women are wired, women are wired to respond to love. Men are wired to respond to respect. This is that author's words, not mine. And so he was making the challenge that do it unto the Lord. Whatever number of days you pick, if you choose, if you're a man, you choose to show the woman unconditional love. If you're a woman, you you choose to show the man unconditional respect. He was like, make a commitment that you're doing it like unto the Lord and keep your vow and your commitment to God. Now, to be honest, I I made it the full 30 days, but I took a 24 hour break when I got to day 28 because I was just so pissed. But I did do it. And every day I was frustrated and every day I was angry and every day I was upset. But I kept telling, I was like, God, I'm going to stay faithful to my promise because I know that you're going to honor it. And miraculously, I mentioned this in the episode of Unconditional Respect. Something happened to me in those 30 days. I began to see the man differently. I genuinely began began to re-see him with fresh eyes. So much so to the point that it didn't even matter that he didn't respond. I began to see the qualities and the characteristics in him. I'm not saying it didn't matter. Yes, it mattered that he didn't respond. But for the sake of this conversation, because I don't talk to him anymore, okay? But for the sake of this conversation, I began to see him with a tr- with eyes of truly unconditional respect, which was something that I didn't intend to do when I started the challenge. I just was like, okay, I'm going to do what the book is saying, and I'm being an open book, and I'm going to be obedient to God, and I made the vow. I agreed to do it. I did that before God, and so I'm going to honor my promise. And that's really why I did it. I really could care less. I was like, if I never speak to him again, I'll be cool. But interestingly enough, somewhere in the 30 days, I began to see him differently. My heart began to soften. I began to be like, wow, no, he really is a great man. And it's hilarious because even though I don't talk to him anymore and I also don't have an interest in um, being in a romantic relationship with him at all, but I still see him for those qualities and characteristics. And for that, I will always think he is a great man in that regard for the different things that I highlighted. And this is why I think God was telling me to get a vision so that I can re-see marriage again. Because right now I've been looking at marriage as work and sacrifice and compromise and uh, no fun, boo-hoo, and whatever other cray-cray. But God is like, no, it don't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Is your walk with me all dull and drab? No, God is great to me. I live a wonderful life and it's still unfolding. And if my relationship with Christ is a reflection or earthly marriage is a reflection of my relationship with Christ, well, my relationship with Christ gets better and better. So that means earthly marriage, if we do it kingdom way, should get better and better. Don't that make sense? For those of us that really walk with God, but that's why you got to sit with God. God is not just a dictator telling you what's right and wrong. God is so loving and so kind and so caring and so compassionate. I mean, I posted on my social media story, Instagram specifically, like God erased all of my student loan debt completely. Uh, May 5th, single day mile, 2023, all my student loan debt minus one loan that's only $1,000, which I could pay off any day. I just don't. But my student loan debt of over $100,000 debt just completely wiped out. Only a good God. And if my kingdom heavenly marriage is a reflection, and my earthly marriage is supposed to be a reflection of it, okay, bring it on, God. Like, I enjoy doing life with you. I don't know what I would do without you in this life. So God challenged me, get a vision, a new vision of marriage Sunday. 
Re-see it again. Re-see it again. And maybe I have to give myself a 30-day challenge of, you know what, every day I'm going to write something about marriage that is, is beautiful. Or every day I'm going to choose to see something beautiful about earthly marriage. Every day I'm going to choose to see myself as a woman that, you know, a man would love to be honored to be married to. Because, damn, Sunday is that girl for real. Like, she be in her prayer closet for real. Like, she really sit with God for real. She's always working on herself. She looks fucking good. Sorry. Yes, Lord. I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have said it like that. But she looks good. You know, she be in the gym. She be whatever. Like, she's pretty on the inside, pretty on the outside. Her skin is soft. Ooh, I love her beautiful brown skin. Like, I want my babies to look like her. Like, whatever. Like, she's fun. She's adventurous. She loves to travel the world. Like, I want to just be a part of her light and her shine. Like, I love her friendships with her female friends, how she lights up and laughs. I love that she dances. Whatever those things are, like, bring them, write them down. Maybe I need to kind of gas myself and re-see marriage again. Why would somebody want to be attached to me? Why would I want to be attached to someone else? And move away. As I'm asking myself those questions, I hope you're writing them down to ask yourself those questions because we have to move away from solely I'm not saying money doesn't matter. Of course it matters. But we have to move away from solely materialistic, individualistic, capitalistic ways of doing relationship. Men, you can't just throw money at women and think that fixes everything. It doesn't. She's a spiritual being. She feels deeply in her body. She's going to require you to be your most purest, best form of yourself because that's what she requires, especially a woman that's in this tribe. So you can't just throw money at her and think that fixes everything. It doesn't. It helps, some, it helps a lot of stuff, and we do want you to throw money this way. <laughs> All the ladies like, yes, we do want you to throw money this way. But a, a preacher that I really love listening to said, if you get my money, you get the cheapest part of me. And that's the truth. Because money is currency. It flows. Money can go out. Money can come in. Money can go down. Money can go up. Money is just currency. But the man behind the money, that's who we need to value women. And that is who you as a man, that's who you. That's what you really crave. You crave the validation. You crave the love and the support. You crave being seen, not just for your wallet, but for who you are as a man. So we have to strip off some of these things that we've put on from our culture because they don't work. They're not fruitful for kingdom marriage. Kingdom marriage is a spiritual principle. The Bible specifically says it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> Love is a spiritual principle that doesn't make sense to the logical human mind because it's a kingdom principle. It's a God thing. The same way the Holy Spirit, you can't see it. You can't see love. You can see what, how you know people act when they quote unquote have love for something, right? But you can't actually see love itself. Some people could argue a baby is love. I feel like that's a very strong argument or a human being is love mm, I like that God but for the sake of this conversation like you can't actually see a tangible like this is this is love it's a heart no it's not or this is the Holy Spirit no it's not this is the wind no it's not you can see the effects of it and we know that it's there because we breathe in air and oxygen but you can't see it this is how spiritual kingdom principles often operate. And so to the logical mind, because we can't see it, we, 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 get it, we get it all mixed up. Some of us dismiss it. Some of us just get it completely mixed up. <laughs> We're all wrong. And we got to stay in our spiritual bag. We got to stay in our spiritual bag so that we can understand kingdom things, so that we can have fruit in our earthly relationships.
I love you, Charmers. That was a very deep episode. Ooh, wee, these episodes been getting a little bit long lately. But I love you, Charmers. I will talk to you soon. Let me know so much how this resonated with you. I felt like it was very powerful. I felt like it was raw. I felt like it was authentic. Leave me a message um, with your five-star rating. If you're listening to this on iTunes, leave me a comment. I do read those as well. Go ahead and shoot me a message at Sunday Travels on social media. And let's go ahead and continue this conversation. Share this with someone. Subscribe to this podcast. This is revolutionary work, y'all. This is what it takes. Who's talking like this? And it ain't even me talking. It's God. Okay, I give myself no credit. I'm studying just like the next person. But who's talking like this? And the social media marketplace is saturated with all kinds of relationship advice. And that's why I said, think it not strange that you're here because you're supposed to be here. There was something for you to glean from this. Share this with other wives, other husbands, other friends of yours who are ready to collide with truth. Pray for people. You know, I pray for people's marriages, even people I don't know or cousins or family members, people who've been saying they're going to get a divorce. I pray for them because oftentimes the people perish because of a lack of knowledge, just like the Bible says. We simply sometimes just don't know. And we don't know that we can be connected to the source of all answers. And sometimes we're deaf and we're hard headed and we don't listen. But if you could just re-see again and re-see again with the right lens, the right perspective away from the materialistic and the capitalistic and the individualistic society. Wow. Imagine the revolution that would happen and sweep across this nation of the United States of America and let alone the world. We could give the future relationship bliss that the world is starting to think doesn't even exist anymore. I love you, Charmers. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.